Hello, this is the Lavender Menace podcast. I am Renaissance Marie, co-host. I am a recently returned YouTuber. I forgot I had a scheduled YouTube post today at noon, and yeah, I, I saw that. Haven't tweeted about it. So you, summer YouTuber, um, casual vlogger, and soon to be iPhone 12 owner. So mm. very exciting. <laughs> I am the other co-host, Sunny. I use they, she pronouns. I am a booktuber, and today I hit 6,000 subscribers. Woo! Woo. Um, and uh, what else? What else? I am a Gemini stellium, which is why I am always in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your... You're a Gemini rising. I'm a Gemini rising, Mercury. Um, and what else? Wait, I forgot. What are my other Gemini placements? I literally don't remember. I'm not surprised that you I have a lot like, of Gemini. I, just I think don't like know. Jupiter and Saturn. No, oh, okay. Something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I have like four placements in Gemini. Nice. That's really sexy and cool, I think. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but today we are bringing to you episode 10 of the first season of our podcast. Yeah, season finale. And that is, yes, our season finale, because we're going to have 10 episodes for every season Um, and so today we're going to be bringing to you our regular show but a bit different so every episode we have three parts first part we discuss a hot take submitted by one of you our listeners you can email it to us or message it to us on twitter at the lavender pod or email the lavender menace podcast at gmail.com and we discuss one of those and then the second part of the podcast is we discuss a piece of media that we consume together that week and then the third part of the podcast is us recommending to each other media that we think the other person would like yep that is the podcast but today is a little bit different because it is the season finale um Mm -hmm. and so we really want to one, thank you all, the listeners, and yes. acknowledge your contribution to the very fast growing of the podcast, faster than yes. I thought would happen. There's so For many sure. people who listen who don't know Sunny and I, like personally, like yes. that aren't our friends that we force, right. <laughs> that we hold a digital <laughs> gunpoint to, to listen to this podcast. Yeah. And so we really want to like shout out you guys who have discovered us just somehow by the will of the internet yeah Uh, and we also want to go back to the start a little bit and revisit some of the topics we talked about in our very first uh episode and so i think this might set a precedent for the other seasons of our season finales kind of mirroring our first episodes of the season which would be yeah for sure super cool so not that we haven't talked about taylor swift since then but (laughs) (laughs) yes in every episode that we possibly can mention taylor swift (laughs) literally (laughs) but um uh for today for our three-part podcast at the first part we'll be discussing your hot takes but actually we have two hot takes well thank you so much we (laughs) got emails and i love an email but before we get to that one of uh, my friends, Jay, who I met at the same place that I met Sunny, mm-hmm. just texted in our group chat, said, "I." by the way, it's still active. Do you talk to any of the people you went to the ACLU? No. <laughs> well, interesting. Yosef and Ama. Yeah, but, but we were in the same Yeah, but they room. weren't. Yeah, no. No one, in, no one in my homeroom is someone that I actively talk to anymore. I mean, some of them still oh, okay. like, follow me on Instagram or whatever, but they're not people we're in the same group chat that we made on the first night that we all met like to keep in touch in the homeroom jesus christ on the trip anyways uh 
They just texted, I know Amazon did not just give these workers Juneteenth shirts and fried chicken and cornbread for dinner. Dead ass? What? No way. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah. well, I'd be surprised that Amazon gave them food and new shirts. Gave them food, gave them merch in the first place. Yeah. Like, I'd all like, their, all of their workers? <laughs> what the actual hell? Like, what like, is wrong I didn't know that Amazon let their workers eat. No, exactly. Well, Yosef and I were talking about, Yosef said that they were going to try to get a job at Amazon and our other friend. The warehouses are like in an office. The warehouses. I think they didn't get it though. <laughs> I mean, like, not to exaggerate, but like, I would really, I'd be like, I'd rather, I'd rather get an unemployment check than work at, <laughs> at the Amazon, Amazon warehouse. Like, pee in a, with the frequency that both of us pee in a single day, we would be fired <laughs> in 30 minutes flat. Because we, in 30 minutes, we would have gone pee five like times. six times, yeah. Like, I could not pee, like, pee in a bottle, be timed, <laughs> my ADHS. Unless they let me listen to Taylor Swift the entire shift, I would not be able to survive. Okay, so sorry. We, okay, hi guys. Back to the action. <laughs> Back to the yeah. Um, so we're talking so about the hot takes. Hot takes submissions. Yeah. So we have two different hot takes, and uh, thank you so much for emailing us those, and we'll talk about both of those because we just want to wrap up all the different hot takes for this season, and then for a second part of the podcast, instead of discussing a piece of media we consume together, we're just going to be talking about the first episode of the first season that we made, uh, and discussing what we talked about there, and like what we thought about it, and whatever you know, you know our our ten. 10 episodes post that like what we think of it and also just our different thoughts of making this podcast and it in general um and then lastly we will be going through all of the recommend recommendations that we have given each other over the past 10 episodes uh to and think you know and and go over which ones we actually have like read for the other person or, or watched for the other person or with uh, so, yeah, that is the structure of today's episode. So exciting. Yeah. So the first submission is from Lucinda. Thank you, Lucinda, for sending in um, the podcast. Do you know this person in real life? I do not People know. who know us in real life probably wouldn't email us on their <laughs> account. Oh They'd God. probably just yeah. tell us. So in... Okay, so the hot take is... That in order for women to be truly free, we need to be loved and accepted in all of our anger, jealousy, selfishness, guilt, and resentment. These are all normal qualities to have in moderation, but due to society's expectations of womanhood, women often either repress or express these feelings in very damaging ways. I think this is where a lot of people's quote-unquote mommy issues come from. A woman's anger is so boiled up that over time it is taken out on the people she loves, oftentimes her children, although I may be projecting. Honestly, I may fall into that projection, but like, mm -hmm. I feel that. Um, I've noticed that in fiction, female characters often feel more, most authentically feminist when they're allowed to be bad people. Then um, they go in to talk about Selena Meyer, who is from Veep, and Sunny called me out because I say that I love Veep at least once a day, but... <laughs> I'm gonna say it again. I do love Selena Meyer from Beep, mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that she's a female politician. 
um, that doesn't put her in a very constricting position of having to be some sort of feminist icon in fact she's anti-feminist but her being anti-feminist makes her more feminist in a way mm-hmm. that's not in the email that's just my opinion yes. <laughs> we'll get into that later um anyways talking about how like we you know not everyone shouldn't be a bitch but yeah. like women should be allowed to like have a much more diverse and a much bigger range of expression yeah and they end this person ends the email with also women yelling is sexy so for that reason alone they should be encouraged to do so <laughs> yes uh, so so true they yes. really get us um whoever i do agree this reader yeah I'm, on the money you know i totally agree i do think that like the you know those lists that are like female manipulator movies or whatever and it, it'll just be like it'll be like jennifer's body gone girl and then like ladybird for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah. it'll just be a bunch of you know i saw one um, it was a quote tweet and it was like all of these are like murderers and like arsonists and then yeah. you have ladybird <laughs> yeah. it was like a 17 like year old girl. girl yeah yeah um and i think that it's it's true though that a lot of the characters that we as the audience really relate to and admire the most are people who are able to express elements of themselves that are otherwise like not allowed to be seen within society that's why like amy dunn and gone girl has so much discourse around her whether she was good or a bad person and i think it's like for a lot of these people and a lot of these you know characters it really does not matter whether they were a quote-unquote good or bad person because the thing is is that like male characters moralities are just really not discussed in the same way at all like men don't need to be good people in movies and tv shows they just have to be who they are uh and it doesn't even matter like being evil and a bitch if you're a man that's like not even one of the top traits of your character personality trait i was thinking about this with succession and i was thinking the patriarch logan roy he's like he's an old white man and he is like genuinely a bad person but he's never like you still sympathize with him like he's not seen as a bad person but if you looked at his Mm -hmm. behavior he is and i was thinking i was like Mm -hmm. even though it changed like the entire point and fabric of the show of like that character was a black woman even if Mm -hmm. that even if like a black woman was characterized the same way that logan roy is in the show even if people loved it or hated it it would still be like commented on in a way where Mm -hmm. like because logan roy is just a white man it's like just normalized like that's like the baseline expectation in a way that not only a black woman or a woman of color but like anyone who's like not a white man in any direction Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't just be like unquestionably accepted to be Mm -hmm. awful yeah yeah and i also think that like this is why i love mean lesbians i love mean women i love women who are just evil and a bitch because and this is and, and like they don't give a fuck about it that's what i love so much about my favorite movie birds of prey <laughs> that's what i love about harley quinn is that she does not care she will break your legs and laugh about it and she won't even remember you like and i think that that's the thing about like female superheroes or whatever like fucking you know people i, I saw this tiktok that was like thank you zach braff for making 
for making the manic pixie dream girl because you were the reason why I got laid in college because <laughs> I can pretend to like care about your emotions as a man and listen to your sad music and be quirky all I can do that but I, I cannot be Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman like I can't be that and that's it's like it's true like like we can <laughs> we can be those quote-unquote quirky like I don't know, like weird sort of un unlikable elements of who we are as, you know, just human beings uh, and, and have that be portrayed in media in a way that either romanticizes it or, you know, or whatever, or criticizes it. Um, and that is, there's just so much more complexity there, even with, even from the male gaze, even from the perspective of like a male viewer, there's so much more like depth to a summer from fucking five, 500 days of summer. What's her, what's her name? Zoe Deschanel, that bitch. It, there's so much more depth to her as a character than Wonder Woman, than like, captain marvel you know like yeah. women who just have who are good people first and foremost that is not fucking interesting well that's I mean, what the <laughs> listener is talking about with selena meyer which you haven't seen babe i've seen babe and love right. babe and selena meyer is the listener is right a great example in that like she is like she is a male politician but because Mm -hmm. she's not a man she just happens to be a woman yeah she just happens to be and but like she makes that known like she actively talks about how annoying she finds the women senators in Mm -hmm. the show because they are especially like you know stereotypically like the ones from the northern midwest or something you know like Mm -hmm that are supposed to be like good people but like she knows and she she so unapologetically is ruthless and awful and like like calling her a war criminal because she plays like the vice president and then later the president like wouldn't be an insult to her like she knows like that's what dc Mm -hmm. politicians do like you cannot be an american Mm -hmm. politician without being terrible Mm -hmm. in every way possible and she's so unapologetically um, oh my gosh, take a shot every time I say that. I, it's late. I can't think of another word. But so, without abandon, without second thought, just like embraces how evil she is. But in a very f- refreshing way that I haven't seen any long-term commitment to having an evil woman main character in that way. It's like Birds of Prey is like one movie, you know? Or like... Yeah. Gone Girl is like one movie, this one story, sit with this evil woman for like two hours, hour hour and a mm-hmm. half. Veep is a seven season show and Selena Meyer does Jesus not Christ. get better. There's no growth. There's no like Yeah. Like her character. Like the point of the show yeah. isn't to make her be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not like she you see this like, oh, and then she learns her lesson and then she becomes like less mm-hmm. misogynistic. Like, no, like she's mm-hmm. the main character. And she hates women from start to finish. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's um unwavering. And it's very um It's an unwavering position. I feel like even though you don't like I know you don't like long form storytelling. You don't like shows and the fact that Veep is seven seasons probably makes you off like 
I can't even read a, a fantasy series longer I know, than but three books. I feel like, like I feel actually like that's not true. I have read like it. the Wayward Children series by Shauna McGuire. But um, yeah, no, I think this is the other thing though about this take where it's like in order for women to be free, like we need to be accepted in all of our complexity and in the negativity that we experience and like you know exude. I feel like that's a thing because like women in society are like we're all kind of put into roles of either like caretakers or objects or like we're, we're always put in these positions that are ultimately for the service of men whether whether it be raising them whether it be loving them whether it be caring you know like that's really what womanhood as like a project and and, and an idea is really rooted around like our relationship to and for and by men and i think what happens when women characters and women in real life uh when they deviate from that that isn't there's something inherently selfish quote unquote about it right there's something inherently like bad <laughs> on, on within the morality of like the world and the structures that exist in it um it, it, there's something bad about a woman putting herself first because as women you're not you're not supposed to do that that is not what you are supposed to do you are a mother before you are a person you are a wife before you are you know like it's it's these it's the roles of service that you're supposed to have that makes people expect kindness and goodness from you but women are people and people are not good like people do not are not always good like that so the expectation for us to be like that even even in media uh, or or as just pieces that develop the men in the story like it's uh, it's just exhausting to see time and time again which is why it is it is cool to see women in all their anger and glory so so that was do you want to move on to the next hot take yeah so the next hot take that we have is from lily thank you lily and it is oh thank you for liking the podcast Oh, and they found us on oh, TikTok. Yeah. So the TikTok campaigns, <laughs> probably yours, because yes. mine didn't really pop off. But anyways, uh-huh. uh, recently, their hot take is about the Billish, Billie Eilish. Billish. Billish. <laughs> just, just combining. Billie Eilish queer baiting controversy. Um, and we'd just like to hear our opinions on it. Oh, okay. So they said, I feel like a lot of people on Twitter feel like she should be able to explore her sexuality without labels. And I hear that, I being the listener. However, I feel like her new music video, coupled with the caption, I love girls, is obviously queer baiting and is contributing to the hypersexualization of um, WLW relationships. The hypersexualization of love lesbians in the media is so damaging and frustrating to watch frustrating to watch other people especially within the community defend whenever i go out i end up telling guys that i have a boyfriend because telling them that i have a girlfriend or i'm gay in the past has led me to getting hurt and i ultimately think that it is that is because of the commercialization of lesbian relationships and makes men think that we do it for them further i feel like because people are are like oh well girls dance like that all the time is contributing to how no one takes lesbians relationships seriously also can we talk about her 30 year old boyfriend and how he has made racist and homophobic comments and she tolerates that presumably by dating him thank you all for listening and i would love to hear us talk slash rant most likely rant about the subject yeah 
this is i think this is really interesting and when i read this email i was like to be honest i've only listened to her new song like one two three times i didn't watch the video i saw the post i saw all the discourse that it generated and whatever and i think that it's like fundamentally we as consumers of media and, and music especially like kind of just have to realize that celebrities are they are like products that are packaged to us to sell they're like they're they're there to sell us their art but in selling us their art they themselves become a product right and like i also think that had we talked about Billie eilish on the podcast or was that just a conversation we had i don't think we've talked about Billie eilish on on the podcast because we've definitely talked about her the two of us just the two of us yeah yeah. that's true yeah so i I mean i don't remember yeah like like the thing is we we both listen to Billie eilish's music um so that's just a preface um and but i also think something that's interesting is something in this hot take that where our listeners saying that you know whenever go out and guys hit on you and they're and you're like you can't just be like i'm a lesbian leave me alone because you know dudes are evil (laughs) like i think the thing is is that like it's less so that queer baiting and the in and the idea that girls relationships to each other are always platonic never romantic and sexual or intense in in that way and like legitimate in that way because like you know as our listener says we're all just doing it for men like they, they you know men think that we're doing it for them but i feel like it's like that's the thing about anything women do and anything non-men do is like oh you're doing this for me like anything we do will be construed into something that is or yes. isn't for them whether we wear makeup or not shave or not do our cut our hair or not like it doesn't even matter what it is even non-action is viewed as i was a i was state, literally like, thinking about that i don't know why i was thinking about that i was literally thinking that like that exact thought when i was in my car where i was like uh-huh. even if a man is taunting a girl because I, I was thinking i was just like thinking of my own relationship to like boys like growing up mm-hmm. and it's like even like if if boys do something to get a reaction out of you then reacting is giving into what they want but then if they mm-hmm. do something that like taunts a girl or or anything and then you don't react then it's like oh you're purposefully not reacting and that's your, like everything is like for men and they're always the perpetrator like the catalyst to things and mm-hmm. and women are just like not everything is a is a reaction to men or, or like you said for men even mm-hmm. our relationships yeah. amongst each other With is seen women. as something that's yeah. supposed to be observed by men yeah or like the way that the way that relationships between women is so defined by oh i'm sleeping with that guy so you can't or oh he's my ex so don't date him and then like that that, the sort of like catty straight girl drama or whatever you know things that like i've seen play out myself within within school within just like life in general and and how like even even the sort of experiences just on the internet where it's like someone is like hey girly so sorry to let you know but your boyfriend you know like the relationship that women have with each other regardless of on what terms it is it's always like tinged with the presence of men it's like there's just no there's no escaping them and i think (laughs) i think to observe media in a way that's like 
oh, the way that this media presents relationships that women have with each other is is delegitimizing us in the eyes of men kind of predicates itself on the idea that men ever thought of us as legitimate in the first place. Like, men have never thought lesbians are, like, real <laughs> or, you know, because if they did, they wouldn't act like that in a, a, at all. So, you know. So, like, because we talk about the, the queerness of female friendships and, like, really, really mm-hmm. intense female friendships a lot on this podcast, podcast from literally like the first episode to now and Mm -hmm. i think like the queerness of female friendships versus this and i think it's because it's Mm -hmm. such like taylor swift has always talked about very intense female friendships or there's like yeah or there's different other pieces of media taylor swift is not the only person to exist in our eyes even (laughs) though she kind of is but like (laughs) there are other pieces of media that talk about that exist in a world of very intense female friendships but that was Mm -hmm. never present in Billie Eilish a lot of her music videos are her alone Mm -hmm. wearing many layers of clothing and then Mm -hmm. for her to just turn 19 years old and suddenly all of her cleavage is out and she's covered in other women Mm -hmm. in very thin layers of clothes is a very distinct 180 and i think it's because billy eilish has been in the industry for so many years a lot of Mm -hmm. men uh gain to profit a lot off of her being sexualized now that she is of age in a way Mm -hmm. that like she physically hasn't changed that much from when she was 17 to now yet at least from what we can see of what she's shown us yeah and now that she's just 19 yeah is now produce like it has more sexualized content yeah it's just really weird and i think even the the cutoff age of like 18 or whatever as like when people can start sexualizing girls is so gross in so many ways and the way that like because Billy's like rise to like stardom like because you know her ep was released when she was like what like 15 or something and well men know, were like been... on twitter the day before her birthday we were like tomorrow's Billie eilish's 18th yeah. birthday like you guys can't correct me for calling her hot <laughs> as like a grown man like that was like a thing like there were several oh, tweets yeah. of men it's so wanting weird. her to turn it's like, 18 fuck off literally yes just the culture of men waiting for celebrity girls to turn 18 that's been present for as long as you know the internet's been around is so fucking weird and i it's just weird to, for me i mean as a consumer and as someone who's been like seeing this discourse play out and stuff it's fucking weird to see people give billy eilish as like one individual and person so much shit when to be honest it is all the men around her and looking at her who are kind of the fucking problem like it they are kind of the people who 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 enable who enable like her sexualization and her brand and her imaging and you know the way that she's perceived within the, within the industry in the first place like and then a bunch of people like commenting on her instagram post being like make you need to make a statement you need to say something it's like what is the point of pressuring someone that you do not know into like coming out quote unquote or into disclosing an element of like their personal identity or sexuality or life that like 
you like at 19 you might not have figured out yet nor and also it's like i feel like women being able to express their like love for other women regardless of what type of love it is i think it that is it's really important for that to be allowed within society like women should not we are like as entities like we are not separate from each other women are not like we don't need to be isolated in that way like because the other option is isolation and competition we are not competitors for male attention we are all people who who face oppression under patriarchy and that is something that unites us and so of course we should there should be an element of solidarity there and there should always be an element of of community within the even the concept of womanhood as long as womanhood exists so it's just like i don't know also just straight up she's mm -hmm. been saying gay things like just funny things (laughs) like like no like when i oh my god there's uh i think there's like a pretty popular video from either her instagram story or phineas's where she put like um a cutout of like a big tittied anime girl or whatever but like in her family's nativity scene during like christmas (laughs) season or whatever and then like the video like pan from like the doll in the scene to like billy's face and she's like giggling or whatever and like Uh there's obviously the viral video of her saying like um why are hot girls always have an ugly boyfriend or something like that and like (laughs) and shit like that where like it's it it, it's not like her having a caption with her like with a bunch of girls saying i love girls it's not like that behavior not out of the blue at all she's talked about her love for women and looking up to women and being in adoration of femininity like for a long time like in several of her interviews like publicly so I don't mm. really, I never really got the hoopla. Like every everyone was talking about that post with that caption, mm. and I'm like, that's pretty in line with the things that like. Yeah, and like this is not that weird. Yeah, this is not. And it's that not that weird like, for girls to say that they like sexy other sexy yeah. girls. Like women have been attracted to yes. women, even if not sapphic or lesbian or whatever. Like yeah. It, it, yeah. I just thought that that was very weird that that caused as big of a wave as this, especially since yeah. it wasn't any coming out post exactly. at all. I was exactly. like, exactly, it's it's like this is promo world. for a music video. Yeah, this is a screen cap from a music video where she's with a bunch of other girls dancing with a bunch of other girls, which is something. Wouldn't that- it be weird if she made that video and was just like, no, I don't have any feelings for. Girls. I hate women. I, I, I hate I them so much. I don't find any woman attractive <laughs> ever when that's literally her music video. Like, that would like, be weird. Just, yeah. And talking about her it, boyfriend, first of all, no pop girl has ever had a good history with boyfriends. Yeah. So let's put that up. Most of them are terrible. Yeah. Secondly, one, I don't think it's a good relationship because he's 30 and she's 19. So there's no way there's yeah. like a healthy power dynamic there. Yeah. But like not to theorize about other people's relationships like that, but it's just, I would be it's surprised. It's like she, she is, she's someone who like, I don't know, she would have graduated high school and sir, you... <laughs> And he could have been a teacher at that high school. Literally, it's so, weird. It's like, fucking weird. Very weird. And you know, with like his comments or whatever, like they're both in the music industry, 
there's age difference, uh, like cultural clout power differences. Like there's so many public figure moving factors that the fact that he's made racist and homophobic comments and he's a 30 year old who's dating a 19 year old. Listen, there's a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why are you surprised? Like, let's look at the history of public figures and their relationships and pop singers. Like, yeah, come on. And Britney dated Justin Timberlake. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Let's get it together. Everyone's boyfriend is absolute shit. Like, literally. (laughs) Come on. Joe Alwyn is the only good one because he doesn't say a fucking word. He doesn't say anything. He (laughs) barely makes public appearance. He, like, Taylor Swift just calls him broke on every single album and he doesn't (laughs) say shit about it. And that's why he's the only good one he's literally it's so funny oh my god but yeah that's kind of our hot and okay this is one last thing Uh i don't think people can as like as people can quote unquote like queer bait yeah i was but thinking of that i also think it is fucking weird that that only women kind of get this kind of scrutiny on their sexualities and pressure to like make a put a label make a statement or whatever when fucking like harry styles or whomever can like you know wave a pride flag around and like what and be like vaguely queer or whatever but not say anything about it and and like when people are like okay well is he actually like gay or whatever like is he queer is he bi like his stands are immediately ready to jump and be like he's unlabeled like stop trying to pressure people into like labels or whatever it's like why why the energy why this energy for like male pop stars when women cannot do anything without it being speculated upon whether it be hang out with girls which is like it's fun to speculate about you know Cara Delevingne and Anya Taylor Joy hanging out, but like, like whether you know whether it be I saw about a tweet who they're hanging out that, with, who they're dating. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. What are you saying? I saw a tweet and it said the celebrities don't come out. These celebrities no. don't come out any day. It it female celebrities don't come out anymore. They just hang oh. out with Anya Taylor Joy, or no, they just hang out with Cara Delevingne. Yes, no, but it was it combined the word celebrity and like lesbification i think it's the lesbification and it was and it, it said it was like thank you it was thank you cardell levine for the lesbification of anya taylor joy <laughs> and i was like yeah, literally the moment literally. a single photo of any actress with cardell levine comes out is like oh, okay so you're you're gay at least you're a little gay. bit you're... no because remember that i forgot what it was but it was like taylor swift with Cara Delvine, with like Dakota Johnson or something. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Someone, gay. Some gay shit like that being. Oh my god. It's gay so funny. It's funny. It's just hilarious. Uh, and with that, we'll move on yeah. to. That really our... actually smoothly transitions us into the second part of the podcast. Yeah. In which we talk about our first episode where we talked about Taylor Swift being gay. Um, <laughs> And we're still right for that. And today, June 18th of 2021, she made an announcement that she's releasing Red uh, November. In November. November Why the hell did yeah. she tweet in June? She didn't give it's a single crazy. warning for Not folklore or evermore. Like, just yeah. drop that shit. But she's yeah. giving a month, like several months heads up for a re-recorded yeah. album. I saw that apparently it's according from this date onto the date that she's going to release red there's 22 weeks 
And I'm like, girl, what is, stop with the terrorism. Stop the count. Stop it. Like, no, she's crazy. Taylor Swift has two settings, and it's either all the words or no words. Like, she either does a full press release or just fucking drops a new album out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And where is the third sister album to Folklore and Everyone? How long are we expected to wait? I know there's a third one. We all know there's a third one. Well, it's so... Okay, I saw today that apparently one of the producers who worked with her on Folklore and Evermore uh, posted on his Instagram story, um, yes, I will be working... I am working with Taylor Swift again for TS10. So the 10th album is going to be the fucking... um, Like, it's the 10th album you're working on with Taylor Swift. A sister album. Be honest. Be honest. That's true. She's crazy like that. She is insane. And I love her for it. And the fact that she dropped the f- the little nugget that one song is 10 minutes long. Yeah. And people think everyone is saying that it's all too well. And I'm like, mm. girl, a 10 minute all too well. Watch the 10 minute song be a fucking collab with a man. Oh. oh my god. No, someone I saw a TikTok that was like, actually, the 10 minute um, song is gonna be a feature of Ed Sheeran, six minutes of him rapping. <laughs> I was literally, as she was thinking, I was like, watch over five minutes of it be Boney Bear's deep ass voice. Yeah. Fucking gasoline. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Like, no. Jeez. And I'm like, and she's like, 30 songs? Girl. Hold on a minute. Like, some. I'm worried that with this re-release, with how many songs it is, and one being ten, I'm like, it's gonna make me be like, girl, this is why we stick to editing. This is why you don't have thirty songs. Like, I'm like, some, some these, things deserve to be in the vault. No, I was like, yeah, I was like, there is a vault, and there are Twitter drafts for a reason. Some things are supposed to go there. Like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like all thirty. You don't think you fucked up. You don't think any of these are flops. Like, you're really going all in on this. You don't think any of these are flops. Like, I'm like, Bestie, I'm really trusting you right now. Because... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least Red is like... Because TBH, I still... I don't think I've still, to this day, listened to the entire... Fearless. I was trying to listen to the entire... Well, okay, I still haven't listened to the entire Fearless, re- yeah. like, Taylor's version. But I haven't listened to Red, the album, full way through, ever. Oh, I because have. But, like, when years I was ago, a kid, like, in that era, I haven't re-listened well, to yeah, it. Well, yeah, because when I was a kid, I would listen to, like, the, the Grammy nomination and Grammy winner CDs that would have her hit songs off of Red on there. Mm-hmm. But... And, like, some songs off, like, Speak Now or whatever, depending on what CD it was. Oh, oh, the, the era of CDs. But, <laughs> like, so I, but I never just, like, sat down and listened through the entire album. And I've gotten through maybe, like, the first, like, six songs. And, you know, listen, I understand why there are red stands, mm-hmm. but I am not you. Thank God. Like <laughs> one of my parents, because you know how I always cycle through. I don't have one favorite Taylor Swift song. I just go from song to song. Yeah. One of my current, like my 
current um, fave at the moment is the lucky one off of the red album interesting i like that's that's the one that's in the spot right now i don't think i i don't think i've listened to that song intentionally before i had listened to it a couple of times and then last night when i was reading the seven husbands of evelyn hugo i like to listen to Uh music while i read some people are pro music and reading some people are anti Uh i'm pro and so i looked up on spotify if there are any playlists for the book there's several of course there are (laughs) but i picked one that was like taylor swift heavy so i was like oh of course yeah of course and that song was on it and as i was was like this song kind of goes very hard and then this morning i listened to it again and i was like yep nope this is it this is the one for me Mm -hmm. this i'm gonna be streaming this for a couple of times yeah yeah the red well songs off red that i've been I've just been really loving I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh, mm-hmm, so good. Mm-hmm. Just height of pop music, I really do believe. Um, My friend and I were listening to the This Is Taylor Swift playlist for oh, hours yeah. today. Like, <laughs> little hours. And 22 came on. Oh, yeah. And I was like, she yeah. was, like, right for this. Like, people who hate yeah. this, you just hate women having fun. You yeah, hate literally. young women because this is fun. Like, why did it's, you all try and fun. convince me that this song was bad? It is not fun. Yeah. I mean, it is not bad. It is very fun. That exactly. song. And there's another, like... We are never, ever, yeah, ever yeah. Yeah. getting back together. Yeah, love that one, too. So like, the, her hit songs off of Red, I'm like, yeah, these are fucking bops. But I'm listening to the other songs that aren't as much of hits, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this. there's a reason why this is not a hit. There is a reason why this was not a single. <laughs> like, no, that's why, because, like, Red was really a turning point for her, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, because it's a turning point, you know, I'm like, do we yeah. really want to release all 30 of these? You know? Yeah. So I'm like, not even every, like, because when 1989 came out, full throttle. Like, Literally, that is, 1989 right. is like. That was different, different. Yes. Like, if she came out with 30 songs that were supposed to be off the 1989 album, I'll be like, yes. This is like, I would literally be screaming, crying, shaking, throwing like, up. I'm like, like, okay, so a new book of the Bible is coming out. No, literally. You and know? so my friend was like, my friend was like, oh my god, the 1989 stands are so mad because it's like because she was very much teasing 1989, and everyone was expecting that one to be next yeah. for like the summer. Yeah, but it's like, bitch, you bitch. <laughs> I hate oh. that. Like this is a full point for the red stand. Not that I'm a red anti. But I yeah. just don't like to see Red winning over 1989. <laughs> it's true. And maybe it's that's true. an age thing. Uh, maybe it's because I was a little bit older when 1989 came out. And I was yeah. like, I actually, like, I downloaded that album onto my iPod And I touch. listened to it yeah. on repeat. Yeah. On fucking like, repeat, dude. Maybe it's because that was, like, my first, like, actual Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just a stronger album. And totally it has agree. the Diana Agron connections that are, like, very foundational, <laughs> okay? And where, like, yeah. Red was before she really became a lesbian writer, you know? That's, right, like, it was right, before right, her right. Virginia Woolf era. No, it was because she hadn't moved to New York where girls can kiss girls, exactly. as she says, in the opening 
song of oh <laughs> It was you know before so she could celebrate funny? the legalization of gay marriage in New York City. She was literally like she was she is such an I'm just a really strong ally. She still is no, that girl. She's been she in that is phase. that girl. 1989 came out in 2014. Oh. For the past like seven years, she has been in the I'm she's a strong been, ally phase. Yeah. It's so funny though because my friend and I, we were talking about it like how with Lover's release, like she literally had like that cover, that magazine cover where she had like a, a bracelet on that said, like pride or like proud in the bi colors and it's like the way this woman finds ways to terrorize us as gay people like like every move is calculated to make to throw us off like and i like i really like i want to like be a little bug and crawl inside her mind and like what is in there and like because i want to know like what's her very repressive management team that we saw in miss americano what is she actually yeah. trying to say what to how play? does she have what how do you deal with that and also yeah you're you're the boss like i don't understand <laughs> you are literally their boss like what what are what is going on i'm just so curious as to like what percent is other people making taylor mm-hmm. swift like the figure of taylor swift right what percent right, right, right. is her actual like unedited yeah. uncensored personal expression and like what part is like her being just like a businesswoman and making yeah. public relation calculated moves like, yeah. like what is the ratio in any given queer theory like piece of evidence like what <laughs> what are the actual like strings at play because yeah at the end of the day and we talk we like text this to each other when we hear taylor swift in public and we're like oh yeah she's not a niche person that like we only know about yeah. like she's an yeah, internationally yeah, yeah. famous like hundreds of millions of people listen to her every yeah. single month and it's like yeah. so it's like everything feels so personal but the entire yeah. world knows who taylor swift is <laughs> exactly yeah it's so crazy and I, I also it's just so weird though because oh i saw like um i saw a tiktok that was like like lesbian red flags and it, one of the things is is a swifty and it's, no and it's, i think hating taylor swift so is a lesbian red flag no exactly because it's if like, you have why do you hate women so much yeah if you haven't unpacked your internalized misogyny that a hundred percent regarding taylor yeah, swift is about taylor yeah. swift especially if you're like yeah. our age hating taylor yeah. swift was the pinnacle of i'm not like other girls yeah and so if you haven't yeah. moved past that that's a you problem no literally but and people and, and she and this this girl in the video in the tiktok was like oh what are lesbian flags and it was like oh like taylor swift isn't gay like she's just a sagittarius and i'm like well listen you just don't understand <laughs> you don't get it like there's lore there's there's fucking there's screenshots there's tumblr pages there's websites there's google (laughs) google slides there's powerpoint presentations Mm -hmm. like you just don't it's like as a non-swifty as a non-gayler looking at (laughs) looking in we look insane we look like you know that that screenshot of it's always sunny and like the guys like look there's like the board of all the the red threads connecting together that's what we look like but once you become enfolded into the 
Gaylor conversion camp. No, me, you, I was then, just about to say, me literally <laughs> for two hours explaining how uh, reputation is about the beginning, evolution, and end, the untimely demise of Kaylor and my yeah. friend. And at the end, I was one point, I quoted the Millie Bobby Brown where I was like, I think I'm a, what is it called? I think I'm a flat earther, guys. Like, no, oh like, my there's God. like proof. Oh my God. No, because like, that's what I sounded like. I'm like, I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. But the glass shattered on the white out. cloth is Carly yeah. Cross's wedding. Yeah. I'm like, I, would, I literally had my hand like on her laptop and like every three words that this bitch right. would sing out, I'd be like, pause. And I was like, okay, so what this Listen, actually means? The implications of like, this the lyric? The geopolitical implications of reputation and like and uh, the combined games. with yeah folklore with because we're it's going time to go because come on i was come talking on. About, i was like okay so i was like reputation is like in the moment passion like the relationship everything uh-huh. but then in folklore and evermore it's like you see the direct the links to lesbian literature because it's so reflective uh-huh. it's like actually looking uh-huh. back and analyzing with like a form of like nostalgia but also just like the retroactive lessons that you learn as you mm-hmm. grow up but it's like still gay but in a way that's like less literally fiery like she's a sagittarius and reputation right. it's like heartbreak and I was, and she was like but she was getting it like she didn't make me sound crazy mm-hmm. even though listening to myself i was like oh my gosh i sound so wow, fucking crazy I'm so yeah but i'm like well, it's, it's true i feel like a lot of her albums kind of like almost alternate in the way in, in how it's about heartbreak and loss versus love and fierceness like mm-hmm. i think because you know debut i feel like very much like a heartbreak album yeah um like what was it speak now then fearless then speak now right Fearless, fearless, not as much, mm-hmm. not as much of a heartbreak album. Speak now, definitely. Yes, like John Mayer. Um, and what was after Speak Now? Red. Yes. Red. I feel like Red is kind of like it's it's right in the middle where I feel like here it's like Red is very much a heartbreak album in her own words. Like this is very much something she was like this is something. But right after Red, it's 1989, which is like not a heart like not really a heartbreak album it's more of like a damn i'm in a messy situation <laughs> album and then uh, like you know like things 1989 are is the record scratch in the beginning of a movie that's like you're probably wondering how i got here yeah, how i got you literally <laughs> and then after 1989 it's like you know reputation like, yeah well goddamn something is really things are crashing something right has car. ruffled like, your feathers miss swift literally something bad has happened yeah but then then it's lover like it's literally lover it's a very like not not a heartbreak album at all it's a, literally about love at least three of the songs are about wow i love my boyfriend so much mm-hmm. like that's literally what they're about and then after lover it's fucking folklore which is so fucking sad like it's about heartbreak and and heartbreak in the nostalgia of it in the reflection of it in the midst of in the, and not even in the midst of relationships that it's not that they didn't work because he was evil they didn't work because it didn't work like and then because you were evermore. 17 because you were young yes. because you were naive because you yeah because you said no to the wedding proposal or whatever and the glass shattered on the white cloth you know yeah, like because you, you break. like you fell in love and had this relationship and then ended up on life paths that separated you like in a way that's very yeah. akin to like high school relationships and then you go to two separate colleges but like 
yeah. her and whatever that equivalent era of yeah. her life was like. And like, and then of course, Evermore is very much like Willow's love song. Champagne Problems is a song that is about like family and like grief in a way that is not entirely and like you know they say she's fucked in the head like it's it's about being being crazy like be it's about being a mad woman right which is another you know in folklore is mentioned as well so and because evermore and folklore are like sister albums but evermore is like is the one that is like more ignored and more and, and i feel like it also evermore is gayer in a lot of ways yeah. because yep, you know yep, cowboy yep. like me and then of course it's time to go long story short right where um, you left me is off of the deluxe right where fashion. you yes and that literally right where you is left me. like gay gold rush that gold is rush gay. is off of evermore tis the dame Season gold rush dorothea dorothea tolerate it where she literally says like like in 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 videos in interviews she'll be like listen to all my lgbt like listeners and fans like you know i i know that it's like it's hard for you out here and i don't just i don't just i don't just tolerate you like and and like that is kind of what and in and you and within the song itself you can so clearly see how tolerate it not just itself being like a like a breakup song or like a wow you do not care about me in the way that i care about you but also like you do not understand me or accept me in the way that i love and who i am right and it's i'm just like oh my god you just tapped into that the, the queerness of uh, the queerness of being un, of not being accepted or just being tolerated for your love and the love that you give and it's like oh my god, like gay ass album gay ass album <laughs> no, like evermore like evermore supremacists one are all correct and sexy so shout out to you yeah. we stand with you yeah but also like definitely gayer definitely gayer i feel like that's, that's a pretty like a litmus test of gayness like if you want to know <laughs> if a swifty is a gay swifty or a straight swifty ask uh-huh. between folklore and evermore which one they like yeah. more yeah and if they yeah. say evermore also, i need to pee probably gay of course you do yeah. it's not an I, episode unless you have to pee it's true sorry i was reading one of our oomphs one of our i did it again mm-hmm. uh an oomph josh not to be a stalinist which automatically <laughs> piqued my interest <laughs> right Me, the the confirmed stalinist right, no, right, right, right um not to be astonished but there should be a mandated political commissar at every single social event of party members and then it's just saying how should be a professional setting and like communist meetings should not just be a big um party and whatnot which mm-hmm. is true but i just it, they started with not to be stalinist so i was not obviously i was obviously yeah. um gotta tune into this mm-hmm. now the fact that i've listened to three hours of like unpropaganda <laughs> like unpacking yeah. stalinist or anti-stalin propaganda in order to then relay that information to people who still like yeah not out of like bad faith you know still think of stalinist but like yeah. that's just how he's taught in school and like literally right. any piece of american media is like stalin is evil and killed millions and millions of people like right. actually did you know that stalin killed more people than hitler like that's the one yeah. thing that all americans know about him and right, the right, fact right, that right. like i unironically can debunk that yeah <laughs> it like, means that like i might never have sex for the rest of my life <laughs> Like, because I 
and someone who grew up K through 12 in public American school can debunk yeah. Stalin propaganda means that I will mm-hmm. never have sex with anyone <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, that's like, like, once I listened to the, like, that third podcast episode, once I listened to an entire two hour episode just talking about Stalin propaganda, I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. kiss it's over sexual relations goodbye <laughs> this is the end yeah there should this be a, is why yeah there should be a warning before this you listen to like non-comedy communist podcasts and being yeah. like listening to this may cause may involuntary cause. asexuality <laughs> like <laughs> like celibacy listen literally it's oh god but yeah speaking Anyways. of celibacy uh, <laughs> no mm-hmm. um so so yeah that's that's our recap on our gaylorism yeah. conspiracy theory which 10 weeks later on. and it's Let if me, anything stronger than when we started yes stronger than ever stronger than ever because so yeah i mean oh, sorry go ahead no no continue i was just gonna say in the first episode we were like is does gaylor exist and like is like as though saying no is even an option mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. if you listen to the podcast at this point it's like that's entry level like commonality entry level shit. yeah like, no, come on like if you if you're if you're just here if you haven't listened to those episodes you gotta listen mm-hmm. to our first episode and also our Kaler episode in which mm-hmm. i mean this kind of transitions into the next part where we discuss well just the podcast in general and our thoughts on it but the Kaler episode is also it's our think i think it's our fourth one yes Mm -hmm. it is it is uh no our fifth episode it's our fifth episode and it's also the episode in which we interview and speak with the author of the divines ellie eaton such an iconic time no literally and i feel like gaylorism while gaylorism gaylorism is just going to define this podcast in general it's not a seasonal thing come yeah on. we're cu- we're talking about this every fucking season come on let's be imagine honest. just season two we don't mention taylor don't Swift mention once. it ever <laughs> impossible no literally. us as friends can't go 24 hours without mentioning taylor swift exactly it's je- it's impossible there's a moth flying around me and it's like bae how did you even get in here like <laughs> there's no windows okay anyway so <clears throat> and then wait oh but i feel like the divines as a book is very much a season one defining moment for us Uh because it's a book that i recommend i'm pretty sure i recommended it and then you read and then we both enjoyed and then we like you know yeah spoke to the actual author of it it was just a very iconic moment and very much like a lot of the themes that we discuss in divine and about the divines of like the queerness and the intimacy of girlhood and how that connects with you know our favorite our favorite essay our love lasts so long Mm -hmm. and also (laughs) the main character what's her name again joe yes joe is also another woman who sometimes like Mm-hmm. hates women morally gray like and has rage like has like mm-hmm. genuine anger like ugly yes anger with and, and it's all about the it's all about the evil viciousness and 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 selfishness and pettiness of girls and women and 
Especially he without has. any real influence of men, which yeah. is, like, genuinely... It's not about men. No. Yeah, it's literally, like, an all-girls boarding school, yeah. and men function as these, like, objects, as, you know, they don't even realize they're getting sexually harassed when they are, mm-hmm. because it's just a novelty to them, you know? And I think, like, that kind of... The space that is cultivated within the divines and the toxicity of it, but also the queerness of it and how gay it is because it's just girls, mm-hmm. like, very much a defining feature of this podcast yeah. in general. And also this this whole season where we've discussed a lot from the framework of, you know, girlhood, queerness, and the, and the like. Even when so, we don't talk about explicitly the divines, those themes... Oh, are right. always in our conversations. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, what's what's the episode that like you think is like is most interesting to you as a listener and as someone who like made is part of making it? Yeah, the first episode will always have a special place in my heart. I think we were really funny <laughs> in that episode. Yeah, because we were on Instagram Live, which yeah. I think we should implement like for the beginning of every season. Yeah, do an Instagram Live. Which, by the way, follow us on Instagram. I'm at Sunny with a camera, and I'm at Renaissance Marie. So if you follow one of us, both of us, you'll hopefully get a notification for when we do the beginning of season we two. We do live. Yes, because it'll be on like yeah. Friday night, and well, you know, literally next week Friday night, mm-hmm. and <laughs> be an Instagram live. And in our first episode, you can hear us like reading people's comments aloud and discussing. Yeah, them. So, so you can interact with us not via emails, yeah. just like directly. So it'll it'll be really fun, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. What it, what do you, what are, which episode are you like most proud of? I guess. I think the episode that I'm most proud of. Let me look at the recommendations. I. Th- think hold on not me not knowing our episode titles i because i really mix <laughs> up the conversations that we have together yeah, and which, which one yeah, which one we yeah. have <clears throat> despite its length the episode eight on the pride discourse i thought oh, oh yeah no perpetual horniness versus damnation annoying white western gays <laughs> catholicism is camp I thought that was one where I listened to the whole thing on top of, like, being in the conversation, editing it, listening again, and I I really liked that one. And then, of course, our our Taylor Swift-heavy ones. Yes. Yes. Um, Looking at our stats, it really looks like, okay, most of our episodes have a couple hundred listens, Mm -hmm. and our first one has, like, 800 thanks guys that's so second cool. one is like 500 third one has right like 400 our bonus episode is like 200 and then uh-huh. <laughs> our fifth episode wait no fourth episode excluding the bonus one fourth episode where we talk about biphobia <laughs> yeah well, see, i was like i was like i could mention that one because i do really like that episode but because yeah. that one was so it's such an outlier just because yeah. of how it happened yeah. i was like yeah let me pick a normal episode that I'm yeah because this one has 1571 listens yeah that particular which i think is so funny because like it's like people are like tuning in to listen to the first like 20 minutes of us you know joking around mm-hmm. and then be and it's like the whole anyway it's so funny to see how like internet annoying people being like wow you guys are so evil and biphobic you guys just talk shit on bi women all the time 
and that's your whole podcast what it's about and it's like baby yeah we like we are swifties come on i was like, about to say, up i love how our first tweet on the account is how are we biphobic we literally stay in taylor swift and that like it makes so much sense that that is our first tweet literally it's so it's honestly so funny and when specifically i sunny was getting canceled on twitter for biphobia Mm -hmm. i think i think the funniest thing that i've tweeted to this day is my thread my biphobia apology thread that was just spotify links to the reputation album yeah no that is so funny oh my god but yeah no we said what we said like come on yeah no i don't i don't take back a single word that no, we said in nothing that, nor nothing any of my dude tweets. i think what was funny though or i guess the irony is that the people who are trying to cancel you more so me but just also like the podcast right. in general like obviously didn't listen yet that episode yeah. is our most listened to so like there's a group of people like the people who listened either weren't tweeting and only the people yeah. who were tweeting just didn't listen and those were like yeah. two separate camps of people or people like tweeted listened and then just didn't either either double downed knowing that they're yeah. wrong or just like didn't go yeah. back and like self-correct or like literally yeah. anything it's just so funny to me that like you could have obviously heard the full conversation and take like in full and uh-huh. yet that episode still got dogpiled and like sometimes yeah. there's still like fringe quote retweets like trying to spark it up again yeah and it's funny because some, like there are a couple people just being like i listened to the episode and a b and c is wrong because a b and c biphobia is real blah 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 the bisexual asylum crisis <laughs> <laughs> the bisexual asylum crisis yeah oh my god oh yeah no, i think this is a very iconic that was our reputation moment that, that was. was our reputation moment um that was <laughs> and it's funny because literally the episode after that we talk about reputation and how it's about mm-hmm. carly claus and then we interview ellie eaton so it's like literally it does not it's like try to cancel us but here we are <laughs> no it's just like back for, yeah cancel us for being biphobic when when we talk about positively bisexuality and it's like contributions to the sapphic community several times because again if lesbians only talked to lesbians on mass we would really talk to no <laughs> there's just exactly there not if we only looked at media that is explicitly lesbian and not just sapphic or even just about women in general like yeah. there's just not shit out there for that literally and but then like the next episode is like with ellie eaton who has a husband and kids about her book that is about a woman who has very queer friendships and relationships who is also married to like there's no way to have like just sapphism that's like lesbian and no relation to Mm -hmm. men yeah and like we don't and that's fine yeah that's not something we search out for like come on but yet people think we're just like just explicitly man-hating bisexual hating like (laughs) just lesbian only like yeah silly silly silly. it is it really is um and and then the episode after that is still about the queerness of girlhood (laughs) exactly and the bisexualityness literally Literally. and then the episode after that is us talking about yes god yes which is explicitly about a young girl 
figuring out her sexuality in the early 2000s like it's just we can't escape it Mm -hmm. this is a running theme and it's just a reality that we must deal with you know i feel like we also for our listeners i'm still laughing at that one episode or email that we got really early that was like i'd love to help you like script and like plan out your episodes and it's like besties we do not plan shit we <laughs> shit does not like agree on like the hot take and like content seconds before, before we, we start, start recording, recording. Like, the day oh of. My God. so the fact that we have even had major themes that overarched the entire yeah. season unplanned spontaneous we just talk, we cannot stop talking about the same three topics yeah for yeah. over two months <laughs> Literally, like, like just based off of our personality it's just our mental illnesses and it's just our fixations and we literally like we can't get away with it and to be honest if our next season relies on these exact same themes <laughs> listen you cannot blame don't blame me if Taylor you Swift. see our literally. baby daddies at pride <laughs> Do not text us. Do we not already text know. me. Yeah. So if you hear us say the queerness of girlhood in season two, <laughs> we hear it too. Just let it go. Let us talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, I mean, mm-hmm. the stats are, they're just insane. I'm like, wow, like hundreds of people just listen to our podcast. We have like over a thousand followers on Spotify. Like that's and now we're finally on apple Podcasts. like this is so wild oh yeah so if you're this listening on so apple podcast please give us a review review and star rating so that more and more people yeah. can find us give us a five star rating for biphobia <laughs> yes every single review should be i like this because they hate bisexuals <laughs> yes it's not true it's not true um so we're gonna go through our recommendation list and see which of each other's recommendations we have watched slash read yes and what what i guess our final recommendations are going to be to finish this season so initially on our first episode i recommended to you some young adult novels that like i guess if you don't like reading about teenagers are not it's not applicable Mm -hmm. to you to read but you also recommended to me Fleabag, which is not a show I'm going to watch. You should, <laughs> like, please, please. Like, you can you could watch it in one night if you really wanted to, and then never have to watch it again. And yet you continue to refuse. Yeah, I just hear about it so much because all my friends are making their parents watch it right now, and they'll be sending like live reaction in in the group chat or whatever. And it's just like I'm like, oh my god. I'm out. I haven't even watched it, and I, and at this point, I feel like I know too much about it already. Yeah. One of my friends, Katie Rose, the, also the one that I was hanging out with today and was converting to Gaylorism, right. finished it like a couple of days ago and texted me and was like, oh my gosh, Fleabag is so good. And I'm like, I know, right? So, right. someone so, else who just watched it recently because I recommended it and loved it and watched it in one night. That Renaissance recommended was Stella Blomkvist, which we did watch together for mm-hmm. another episode. Um, <clears throat> so I did, I did, in fact, yes. consume that piece of media that was recommended. And on that same episode, I recommended Assassination Nation, which I don't think you've watched nope. since. And then you recommended Professor Marston and The Wonder Woman, which we did watch and discuss. Yeah. Um, it's another, it's so funny because we talk about Wonder Woman at the very beginning of this of the season and also at the end, yeah. but in like very different contexts. Like it's it's very funny. Um, She's a powerful and, figure. 
Right. And then I recommended Fortune Favors the Dead by Stephen Spotswood, which you did read I did. and I did enjoy. I did. Um, and I also recommended Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. I have Which I don't think you've read. Nope. Um, I honestly would not recommend the audiobook for this one because I didn't listen to it on an audiobook, but I can't... Like, the the scenes are just too graphic to... Mm be able to like you you just need to be able to look away from it or skim it if you need to because like there's just so much violence that is honest it's like it's like horrendous it's like uh, unimaginable until you start reading it mm-hmm. uh but and then you recommended to me unsane which is on i think it's a netflix movie right it's on netflix it might be on amazon prime oh yeah i don't i think we canceled our amazon prime subscription i haven't seen that one yet mm-hmm. um and then i recommended to you confessions by kane minato which i don't think you've read yet nope and then evelyn from the internet did you YouTube, watch any of their, her youtube i haven't videos. watched any of her videos yet okay. i've been catching up on i haven't um, read Harriet, such which a we talked age. about in our biphobia episode yeah but um for harriet has put out I think, have you watched her latest, like, video on, like, Megan Thee Stallion's thought shit? I watched the, like, first 11 to 15 minutes of it when I was washing my face, but I haven't watched the full hour. But I'm, like, yeah. watching it in chunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then... But I'm interested in it, watched, though. Yeah. I, I liked what you had to say about it. It was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, we watched Sorry to Bother You Together, because I recommended it, it. We did. And... I think you enjoyed it. You recommended St. Trinian's, which I have not watched yet. But I'm meaning to. It's just that I don't have... I can't um, do illegal activities (laughs) on my computer because I don't have a VPN or anything. Mm. So we'll, like, we'll see. I'll give you my login. It'll be our trade-off because I'm... (laughs) For those of you who didn't see the tweet, communism is when communism is when Sunny and I share the same public library card and VPN. Yeah, that is communism. Yes, it's true. And then I recommended Docile, which you definitely haven't gotten into. But nope. once once you okay, I I would recommend Docile on audiobook, which is on Libby, um, because I listened to it via audiobook, and I swear to God, you could not take that you could not pause that shit for me if if you forced me to at gunpoint i was like no i need to listen i need to because like i've i feel like there's so many books and movies that kind of try to explore the idea of like what happens when someone is in an abusive relationship like a groom like a groomer is like grooming someone into into this abusive relationship of a, of a massive power dynamic but like the way that this book does it in a way that's like not really gendered because it's two dudes and it's set in a world that's like it's like post capitalism it's like at this point where it's like like hyper capitalism um it's just it's very interesting and i'm i'm i can't wait for season two when you when i finally force you at gunpoint to read this okay um but also conversations with friends i also listen to conversations with friends on my libby account which you now have access to yeah um i might i finally finished like actually finished all of normal people the book the other night uh-huh it was it was really good the did you you haven't you never watched the miniseries no do you remember the ending of normal people the book yeah so in that chapter because you know how like time jumps like there's passages mm-hmm. of time so the scene right before that one 
is them at Christmas time at Connell's mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. That conversation of when he gets the email and everything and like mm-hmm. they're gonna split happens. I be- I think if I'm remembering quick correctly during Christmas time or like they're mm-hmm. at a house and they're like sitting in an empty floor like facing each other mm-hmm. and it's like very emotional like you can mm-hmm. see the expression of the emotion and in the ending of the book like Marianne is just like doing her hair in the mirror and it's like very like blunt almost you know mm-hmm. and like n- no emotion even though it's the end of the book and you've like Mm-hmm. gone through everything together mm-hmm. and I think like both of those endings sorry I know I'm prolonging the episode that's already insanely long but both of those endings worked for the mediums like I don't think in the mm-hmm. book it would have been out of place for the ending that the show had to be written yeah. in the book it would have yeah, felt yeah, uncharacteristic yeah. but also if they kept to the way that it was quote-unquote staged in the book in the, book, in uh-huh. the show it, yeah. it would not have played well. Have the same emotional impact. Yeah, it would have just made yeah. the viewer, like, hate the ending. And I think yeah. both of them stayed true to the story, but, like, were correctly adjusted for the media. For meetings. whatever medium it yeah. was. Yeah. So just That's... for the listeners, if you either go from book to show or show to book, the ending uh-huh. is the same, like, the circumstances are the same, but the mm-hmm. scenes are different, and it works for but yeah, I, it works both yeah, ways. I would have kept I it think. that way. Yeah. Anyway. And then I recommended Yes, God, Yes, which we did watch for an episode. Yeah. A pretty recent one. You recommended The Night Watch, mm-hmm. um, which I want to read the book before I watch the movie, mm-hmm. um, just because why not? So, And I have it checked out. And once I'm in a historical fiction mood, I'll read it and then I'll watch it. You also I'm recommended the... And then you recommended Vir- Virgincita... Mm-hmm. Directed by Giselle Bonilla, and that is a. Did you short ever watch film. that? It's literally ten minutes long. No, I haven't. So I need to watch it on YouTube. And you also recommended Sister Act, which, mm-hmm. again, can't illegally watch things yet. Um, and I just have. Do you not have Disney Plus? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting also, it soon. Oh really? Yeah. Um. I haven't been able to just really sit down and watch things because I've been traveling and I just don't really have the time. Um, so, like, on the re- on a recent level, there's that. And then there was also St. Joan, the play that you recommended. Mm-hmm. And then Lent by Joe Walton, which you haven't read. And Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee, which you haven't read. And then For- Floor Linda and the 40 Flight Tower by Tamsin Muir which you haven't gotten to yet and then succession which you recommended to me which i will not watch yeah <laughs> and then the children's hour um 1961 which again haven't watched and then thought shit which you did which you recommended and i did watch after the episode and i did enjoy and i enjoyed the analysis that kimberly did in the Fort harriet stream video and i also recommended to you the girl boss gaslight gatekeep playlist which okay this playlist is actually why i started listening to some of taylor Swift's older songs because some of her older songs are on this playlist and i'm like i'm like wait this kind of slaps so i don't think you've listened to this one yet but Mm -mm. i i love it it's it's a great it's a it's a great fun time yeah although i do recommend i do recognize a lot of the songs on here so i haven't listened to this specific playlist but i have listened to many of the songs 
on the playlist. Yeah. I think the playlist is curated really well, though, in terms of, like, the order and the way that... Because it's, like, the stories that all of these things are telling, all these songs are telling are, like, similar, but, like, different enough so that when you listen to them in a particular order, it's, like, this is funny. Like, this is interesting. It's an interesting narrative that's going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. That is all we have for you today, I guess. Um, I think that's all. Yeah, so... This was really fun. I have enjoyed this first season very much. What about you, Sunny? Yes, I have. I've had a really fun time doing season one, and it's been much more successful than I expected because we have like same thousands of listens and listeners. Like that's really wild and unexpected. And I don't know. I just love when people listen to my opinion because I think I'm always right. And so now that there are people who do, <laughs> who voluntarily listen to my opinion, yeah, it's ju- it just gives me it just gives me joy and love in every way, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in season two, we'll see what topics Sunny gets randomly dogpiled on for no reason. Literally, next. Literally, because literally, it's it's yeah. It's ridiculous. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. But like, it's genuinely every other week. <laughs> no, like Sunny cannot go a calendar month without being dogpiled. Literally, like Sunny counts the year by which do- dogpiling <laughs> when happened. I've been canceled. Yeah, exactly. Over shit that like several people have said. Yes, it's always like, oh my god, when I first Sunny got doxed, the- <laughs> I was like. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, this is actually insane because all the things that I'm saying, other people are constantly saying. So why am I getting the shit for this? And people were just like, oh, like it was a lot of like a lot of the authorities who are involved in this situation um, were very much like, oh, this is your fault for saying anything in the first place. You shouldn't have said anything. You shouldn't have made it. You shouldn't have, like. And I was like, what? It. What do you think social media is? Like, yeah. what do you think? this is what do you mean just don't say things and then you won't get shit people cannot say things and still get shit and also anyway anyway the dog piling continues yeah. it continues on and whatever haters gonna hate 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 as miss taylor swift said yep so that's the end of season one we will be back next week on instagram live for that recording so of course it will be posted yes. but you can also be a part interact with us in the moment Yes, uh, please next do. Next Friday for season two, see what odd topic Sunny and I do not shut up about for 12 hours <laughs> over the mm-hmm. course of the next two and a half months. Yes. And yeah, we will see you all then. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>